Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to reflect on what is the ultimate goal of K-12 education. That's ambitious enough, right? When we look at the whole landscape of public school education, we see a bewildering array of oddly unsuccessful activities, claims, theories, methods, results, and analyses. Could even the shrewdest mind make a helpful generalization about K-12 education? We could say it's crazy town, it's bedlam, it's a misbegotten creature now in the death throes. It's an asylum where the inmates run the show. Or we could talk about death by diseases and parasites, attack by saboteurs, destruction by alien invaders. The metaphors just leap into the air. Even if true, is even one of these perspectives helpful? How do we tidy up all these contradictory impressions? All right, I'll try to make this weirdness logical. The first thing to note is that whenever you look at K-12, there is a definite feeling of incoherence that results, I believe, from sneaky people working on secret agenda. Aha, that's a clue. The education establishment assures us that they care about students, that they are educating them at a high level, and they want only what's best for our society. I think all those claims are dishonest. The top-level professors seem to be ideologues obsessed with dumbing down the children by giving them an inferior education. So my conclusion is that things are not as incoherent as many think. The education establishment like might lie about what they're really trying to do, but once we understand the true goals, everything starts to make sense. The dominant theme or trend from pre-K to college is, whenever possible, to simplify, to dilute, to, el to eliminate everything that was normal in schools up to the 20th century. This nihilistic approach is rarer and more sinister than you might think. Historically, schools tried to teach as much as possible. Today, we aim for the minimum. Now, at this point, this discussion is starting to get interesting. We have to wonder how our education establishment could pursue this evil plan in plain sight of the whole country. Simple. They use lots of deceptions, but the basic scheme is to make children rem remain children forever. It's not enough simply to limit the amount of information and content taught in every school. It's also essential to undermine character and maturity. You do this by demanding very little. There are no penalties for not finishing assignments, of being late, of cutting class, maybe even cheating now and then. Society used to say, stand up straight, eat your peas and carrots, Dot your I's and cross your T's. No more. We let students do what they please. That's the drug that gets them. What we're talking about here, if you like one word answers, is infantilization. That is the perennial quest of our public schools. To make all this possible, knowledge must be neglected and all standards must be lowered. Teachers must be poorly prepared. Schools must be managed in a chaotic way that will undercut learning. 
Parents must be sidelined by jargon and confusion. Everything is done in the most shoddy way, even as pedagogical victories are claimed one after the other. Years ago, seven was the age of reason. The Catholic Church maintains that tradition, but I believe it started long before the modern era. Even young children were considered little adults who would soon be real adults. Now we have flipped these priorities. Children are not encouraged to become adults ever. If you look at portraits of children from previous centuries, previous centuries, you'll see they wore the same clothes and strike the same poses as their parents. When the Industrial Revolution started, 10-year-olds were manning huge weaving machines. Now we're going to close in on the big answer here. 20 years ago I became aware of a book called The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America by Charlotte Isaby. It confirmed all of my own conclusions on what was happening on the academic side. Five years ago I heard of a long, difficult essay by Anne Rand. Quite shocking. This essay argues that today's children are emotionally stunted and mutilated. On purpose. This was the secret, hard-to-see technique that made K-12 education so harmful. Anne Rand credits a passage in a Victor Hugo novel for her insight. Centuries ago, the unscrupulous child buyers, that being a rough English translation of the Spanish word that is actually used, the child buyers mutilated children in various ways to create circus freaks, sex toys, gymnasts, and novelties for royal courts. Anne Rand realized that progressive educators were the child buyers of our time. That's a great leap. The techniques used are analogous to bonsai masters. You cut, twist, break, or whatever you can think of to make glorious anomalies. As I explained in one of my favorite articles, How Our Schools Make Monsters, the production of monsters goes on all around us. But the modern heirs of this tradition are more cunning. They do not hide. They practice their trade in the open. The results are invisible. In the past, this horrible surgery left traces on a child's face, not in his mind. Today, it leaves traces in his mind, not on his face. Today's child buyers take a child before he is fully aware of reality and never let him develop beyond that awareness. Where nature put abnormal brain, they put mental retardation. Now, Anne Rand is super intelligent and deserves a hearing. She was not shy about saying in her article who the monsters really are. They are the people in charge of our public schools. They're aiming low and typically hitting the target. I have to confess I would not have thought of people mutilating children on purpose like the uh, freaks created by the child buyers. But when you read this thing, it's just so perfectly coherent with everything we see in the schools, everything that's been alleged, everything that I had figured out for myself. And there this last thing is where our progressive educators turn out to be the real SOBs in this whole story. 
I commend uh, this article and Ayn Rand's thinking to your consideration. Okay, thank you. Overview. Let's Fix Education explores seven of my favorite themes. First, this podcast is a meditation on what I call the K-12 crime scene. So many destructive ideas. Understanding them is the key to fixing them. Two, by doing that we will have better schools at less cost. Three, nothing much changes decade to decade. The big questions of the 1930s were the big questions of the 1960s and the 1990s. Any subject we discuss can easily intersect with any other subject. Most people instinctively want traditional education, but the education establishment fills classrooms with progressive gimmicks. The result is that we have a standoff, and that's why you run into the same ideas over and over. Four. The big brains in education keep telling students, don't bother memorizing this or that. You can look it up later. B.B. King, the great guitarist, is much smarter. He said, the beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. Five, Lennon's ghost wanders through our school system. The hard left thinks big. If they have to kill millions of people to build their perfect society, that's okay. Same goes for dumbing down millions of students. Totalitarians want power. They will do anything to get it. Six, if we are going to survive, we have to take each child to his or her limit. As it is, we are creating millions of subeducated students from K right through college. Seven, analyzing education, especially dysfunctional education, is a lot more intellectually interesting than most people suppose. You'll enjoy this. Finally, P.S. My book, Saving K-12, runs parallel to everything discussed on this podcast. I also have an education site, improve-education.org, with 70 articles that complement everything discussed here. And I have hundreds of articles on the Internet. Enter a topic in Google with my full name, Bruce Dietrich Price, and let Google make suggestions. Thank you for visiting.